Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for Christian moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindset and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right. Yes. So I'm so excited for today's talk. I haven't had a guest in a while, but I have my good sis here, my business bestie, big sis, all the things with me. Miss Maria McLean, better known as the diva behind the desk, which is like the perfect name <laughs> for you. Miss um, Maria has 11 years of experience in the early childhood field. Um, she started off as a pre-K teacher, kindergarten teacher, and now currently serves as a literacy inter- interventionist. <laughs> And she has a bachelor's degree um, in birth through kindergarten, as well as a master's degree in educational leadership. So when I say sis knows all things early childhood, like she's literally the early childhood guru. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, sis. Yes. So, you know, this conversation is kind of a peek into a lot of conversations that we have had, you know, off camera um, between me and you in regards to early childhood. But um, for those parents out there who are new moms and their kids are just starting school, just starting kindergarten or have kids who will be starting, um, is preschool necessary for kids to go to before kindergarten? What are your thoughts on that? 
So if I had to answer honestly, I would say um, that I highly recommend. Um, it's not a state requirement that children must enter pre-K before going to kindergarten. However, um, as a former preschool and kindergarten teacher, I highly, highly recommend um, for parents to get their um, child enrolled in some type of um school-like environment, I'll say, um, where it could be, you know, a full-day program or a part-time program or like a summer camp, but something that gives them that exposure of like a school-like setting. Yes. Yeah, so what would you say the benefits that you've seen? Because I know you've had a little bit of both where there's kids who have that experience versus kids who haven't. Would you say that you notice a difference um, in their performance in the classroom? Yes, literally day one, um, <laughs> as kindergartners uh, start their staggered start entry day, we can kind of tell um, which students have walked in a line before or shared um, with the toys or, you know, not know how to like open their milk carton. Um, mm -hmm. So it definitely shows and hats off to all the pre-K um, teachers and kindergarten teachers out there um, who are rocking it. But it definitely shows. And um, I think it's ju just definitely something that students need that exposure to because when they do enter kindergarten um not only is it their kindergarten grade level um the school is typically you know pre-k5 or k5 so they're around other uh children that aren't their age um and so just having that exposure and just being comfortable um with walking down a hallway with uh children that are a little bit older than them and things like that it really makes a difference and i can tell a difference Yes, definitely. And as a parent, I know my daughter is in first grade now, but that was something I was real big on um, was her getting that preschool experience before school, um, just so she could be familiar with it. Because I, you know, work with some kindergartners as well. And I can, you know, point those babies out in the hall that, you know, do struggle with staying in the line. And I think sometimes these are those things that parents don't think about or, you know, just aren't aware of, and they can have that, you know, sibling relationship at home to practice, you know, with sharing, but there are certain skills that I feel like are beneficial and they'll learn in that preschool setting, which helps with the smoother transition into kindergarten. And once that is established, then they can really focus on academics because Baby, those academics come out the door in that kindergarten. One, like coming in hot, literally. Literally, <laughs> like, literally. literally. A day, yes, yes. Literally. So if they have that foundation out the way, then they can focus on, you know, getting as much material education wise because that foundation is already set. So. Yes, thank you for that. Now, what are some ways that parents can start to prepare their children for kindergarten? We know preschool is the way, but what are some things parents can do at home um, to prepare their child for school? So I would say um, some things that parents can do at home is setting a routine. Um, so just getting a schedule, a bedtime schedule, um, eating schedule in place. Um, if a student has older siblings, um, older siblings can kind of help with that routine. Um, taking their child to the park, just getting a little social development skills. Again, it's all dependent upon um, the child and their needs. Um, uh, introducing them to their real name, real names, you know, not the nickname, little Day Day, you know, that's cute and all, but real names do matter. 
um, introducing them to letters, um, numbers, and this can be easily done when you're driving in your car, you get to a stop sign, you can point out those are capital or uppercase letters um, and name the letters. And also um, along with naming letters, but saying their sounds. Um, those are really, really good um, tips that parents can do, I believe, at home to prepare their child. Yes. And I agree with all of that. And all of these things you have access to like in your home and like you said, just out and about. Um, and with me, I would say with my speech therapy background, it's all language based. Right. So a lot of times we won't um, pick up kids for speech in those earlier years if they have a language delay, unless it's severe, because kindergarten is so language based, like you can literally do language activities with anything, bath time, naming body parts. Um, I know my two-year-old right now, he loves watching Gracie's Corner and shows like that on TV. And he's picking up on the numbers and letters and he'll, now he doesn't know an A, but if he sees a letter, then he'll just say a random letter. Like, so he's has that visual recognition, which yes. are those foundational skills. Yes. Um, which brings me into my next question. Like how important is literacy for children? Um um, so literacy is all around us, just as you said, um, in videos, um, literacy includes phonics, which is a relationship between letters and the sounds that they represent, phonological awareness, which is like the individual um, speech sounds and spoken syllables, and the ability to manipulate those sounds, decoding oral language. Um, so it's all around us in our, in our world, so it's very vital to every child's education. Yes. How close would you say lit knowing literacy is to like those later years, like as kids get older, if they don't have that foundation of literacy, what are some things that you might start to notice? So, so it definitely impacts um, a child's development, the older that they get and like the higher grade grace when it comes to like ELG testing and just reading out loud. Um, if they don't have those foundational skills that I'm maybe jumping a little bit ahead to your um, next question, they tend to act out or just, you know, cause behaviors in the classroom just because they just don't get it. Um, and it's okay to go back and build on um, the prior knowledge that they do need to be successful to be successful in the grade that they are in now. Um, working as a literacy interventionist this year, I can already tell, you know, some of those COVID babies, as we say, that have, you know, um, didn't get that exposure to um, that really good explicit literacy foundation um, because they were learning virtually through a screen. Um, I can see later on in life, you know, that it's just giving up, just dropping out. Um, not having energy or excitement about school at all. Yo, I really feel like there's going to be a documentary out <laughs> For sure. years okay. later about this and the impact that it had on their education. Like that was such a whirlwind time. And I remember coming in your classroom when you had, you know, those virtual sessions and, you know, doing the, everybody doing the best that they could, but those kids need that face-to-face, hands-on, tangible um, instruction when it comes to literacy, and they just were not <laughs> able to do that through a screen. So I really feel like we're going to see a documentary <laughs> years later about the effect on their education. Yes, for sure. I can see that happening. 
And even as you touched on like the behavior, I just think about kids that I went to school with, like as an adult, and you know, thinking back, like our class clowns, the people that would act out or who were always in trouble. And it just made me think like, I wonder if they were struggling with literacy and knew that they couldn't read. So they felt embarrassed by it. So this is my way to kind of escape that, oh, I don't know how to read. So I'm going to act this way in the classroom to escape the fact of even having to read. Right. And I I will say as a teacher, I'm guilty of not knowing correctly how to um, explicitly teach phonics. Um, I think um, a lot of counties now have adopted letters training Mm -hmm. for their teachers. Um, So the way um, literacy was taught and the way I was taught how to read is totally different than how teachers are teaching now. And I think that's something um, that parents need to be aware of and understand. Like we're going through this whole training, letters training, which is very explicit on how our instruction should be, our core instruction should be so that all students are able to read. Um, so we kind of, some of the veteran teachers have kind of had to like throw away mm-hmm. their old way of thinking and their old way of doing things because it just wasn't correct. So um, it takes time for that. It does. Yes. So it sounds like even the teachers are having to learn <laughs> in regards to this. Like this is just yes. a learning thing <laughs> for everybody when it comes to literacy. Yes. So we did touch a little bit on, you know, some of the signs you may notice if somebody is struggling. But what are some signs of a developmental delay in children that um, parents and teachers should look out for? Okay, I will say that I've worked as a developmental play therapist. And so according to CDSA, which stands for Child Development Services Agency, um, they are the leading agency for early intervention um, for for that zero to three-year-old age group for detection of um, different delays that may possibly be there. And so they, on their website, they have a milestone chart Um, That kind of shows you at this age, this is what your child should be doing. You know, at this rate, this is what Mm -hmm. they should be doing um, typically. And I will say, you know, if you have any like red flags when you see your child not wanting to participate and interact with other children, just make mental note of those things and um, consult with your your child's doctor. I am not um, (laughs) licensed to diagnose. any type of developmental delay. However, I'm aware of certain red flags. So if your child, you know, may be isolated or, you know, mute, not wanting to speak, um, it's not to say that they do have a delay. It's just something to keep an eye out on. Um, Again, I don't want to say that, hey, this is a list of signs. So if your child's doing this, they have a delay. Like, so um, yes, definitely just take mental note of just different behaviors your child is um, uh, displaying and consult with your child's doctor. Yes, and that's real big. Um, I know a lot of times for those um, checkups, like the six-month checkup, two-year-old checkup, whatever, they give a questionnaire where it has a lot of those questions on there, and that's pretty much what they're trying to figure out. And I will say early intervention is key. So like um, Maria is sharing, you know, make note of it, but, you know, let your doctor know if you do have these concerns so they can connect you with the right resources. I will say there's a little friend that I have who 
um, has a severe speech delay, but that person did not get services until like first grade. So they're really struggling now um, as a result of that. But there are children that we are able to serve as young as two years old, three years old. And you can see the growth that they make and how much better they're able to catch on as a result. So early intervention is key, y'all. Early intervention. A child is never too young um, for intervention to begin. If you do um, have signs of a delay or if the doctors are saying, you know, we do, we're a little concerned about this, you know, don't shy away from it. Get them all the services that are available and it will benefit them in the long run, the earlier that you start. Yes. And some of the services are actually free. I know um, in the Lee County area, we operate under Sand Hill CDSA. Um, so they have their own referral process. Uh, parents can referral, teachers can referral. Now, when I say um, referral process, and I'm talking about CDSA, again, this, this is the age range from infant to three years old, mm -hmm. um, specifically. Um, so um, if you as a parent or if your child's um, preschool or, you know, toddler teacher notices anything, um, filling out that paperwork, and I know it's a lot when it comes to like answering these questions and submitting things and scanning and faxing, but the earlier you do it for your child, the better your child will be developmentally. Mm -hmm. um, and I just can't express enough in our community that sometimes, you know, these free services are out there. We don't know about them. Or if we do learn about them, it's just, oh, I ain't got time. I'll do it later. Um, this is very important um, for your child to be able to just receive services. And you just never know what you will learn as a parent and how, you know, you can better serve your child at home before they even enter um, big school is what they like to call it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think this really... Um, speaks true to like how important education is, how important we are as educators. I feel like, you know, there's like this stigma or this joke like, oh, ain't no money in it or, oh, you wasting your time. But listen to all that. And we're just touching the, su the surface <laughs> of all that goes into literally teach a human how to be successful in world, how to live in the world, how to be able to read and communicate and learn material like this is the setup for life. And I try to tell my son that I know he struggled with reading, but I explained like how, especially us in the black community, we were killed if we knew how to read. Like they didn't want us to learn how to read. Think about the importance of that today. Think about adults right now who are getting tricked into contracts or just signing stuff because I think about unlike um, rappers and celebrities and stuff. Some of them have some special needs that I noticed from little things that they do. And it's like, they probably don't know how to read, which is why they're able to, you know, be taken advantage of. So reading opens a whole new world to our children. And it's it's really important to get on it early and, and stay consistent with it. So what advice would you give to someone? Um, oh, wait, I think I went ahead. Okay. What should parents do if they notice that their child is not able to keep up with the material in the classroom? So they're getting progress reports home, missing work, low grades. What are some next steps that parents should do if this is the case? I would say communicate with your child's teacher day one. Um, 
communicating anything that you notice, um, even if their grades are reflecting that they're doing well, just kind of ask about the activities that they're doing in the classroom. I'll say volunteer, attend those PTSO meetings, um, just stay involved as much as you can. Um, showing up as that parent is okay. Um, you are your child's first teacher. So don't ever feel like, oh, you know, this school is going to get tired of me calling or, oh, you know, I ask a lot of questions. It's okay. Like, this is your child. You have that right. Um, and every district has parents, parent rights. Um, so just know your rights and know that it's okay to stay involved in any way, shape or form. Um, if you're not able to be there face to face, um, if you want to send, uh, uh, I will say this lightly, but if you want to send like an aunt or an uncle or, you know, just someone that is responsible um, enough to be able to communicate back with you. If you're, you know, working, um, I know uh, we deal with a lot of middle class families, so you got to work um, and you need child care. So um, have your village, know who your village um, is and just communicate that with your team that um, also helps you raise your child. So communicate with your child's teachers, everyone, even the uh, encore teachers, PE, uh, art. Talk to everybody. Talk <laughs> it's okay. To everybody. Be known like, oh, I know this is little Johnny Mama. And she is involved. And I will say, when that is the case, your child is approached or handled a different way because they are aware versus a parent that no one can get a hold of. Nobody has seen since open house. Nobody has any type of contact with that child is going to be handled a certain way as well. And not saying that is right, but it's just the reality of what we see in the school system. And I know we're talking about early childhood. You know, they can't advocate for themselves. You can ask how their day was and you have no clue what went on in the classroom or, you know, how their day really is going. You have to be in constant communication with that teacher to really get down to the bottom of a lot of things because your child can't communicate that to you. And also, if you are reaching out and that teacher is not responding back or being very vague, I would suggest to go over their head um, to administration because to me, that's a red flag. And I would have questions as a parent. Okay, why are you not able to answer my questions? You know, what's really going on in the classroom? So definitely be in close communication. Definitely agree with that. I will say that. All right. And in conclusion, um, and I touched on this a little bit, how people, you know, I feel like try to write off educators, but it's such a dope job, y'all. Like, <laughs> It's such a dope job. It's such a dope place to be. Like, I just love the relationships we get to build with the children. And I love being at a school where I know their family. Um, you know how it's always like, I went to school with your mama. Right. I went to school with your daddy. Like, and just seeing them in the building, like that just warms my heart so much. So what advice would you give to someone who may be considering coming in the classroom, but they feel a little hesitant from all the chatter about what goes on at school from the world? 
I would say um, education uh, is such a rewarding field. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't make us billionaires. Um, however, the end reward um, is that you've made a positive impact in a child's life. Um, you just never know what children are going through, what type of families um, they're coming from, but just being able to give them that love and care that they need. Um, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We're here to serve. Um, so I would say just come out, volunteer anytime that you have, um, if you are looking to enter the education world. Yes, yeah, definitely. And y'all just think about you as an adult and the teachers that made an impact on your life. Like, you know, you're an adult, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one teacher that you can remember in your life who made an impact in your life or who advocated for you or who you built relationship and rapport with, like, it really is super dope. So it is. I love it. And it's not built for everybody. It ain't for everybody. Listen, if you don't like children, then th this ain't for you. Right. If you don't like children, this is not the message for you. So um, are there any services or um, opportunities that you have for people to be able to connect with you? I know you did a little bit of tutoring over the summer. Are you continuing that service? Well, right now, um, I'm not continuing the service okay. that, that I'm only going to offer in the summer. Um, I think it's very important for students to be able to bridge that gap between summer um, break and entering back into school. So that was, you know, kind of my little um, reasoning for that. So right now you'll just catch me at school as literacy interventionist. Um, and every now and then I'll pop out with some um, cool teacher t-shirts and things mm -hmm. like that. I'm in my craft room right now looking at all the things that I need to do. Um, so you can um, catch some teacher t-shirts coming out soon. All right. Well, thank you so much, Maria. I appreciate you for being with me today. And thank you all for tuning in. I pray that you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.